are now tuned in to 3 Plus 1, the podcast. is a multi-generational podcast that crosses lines with zennial and millennial voices. Political issues, social matters, and popular culture are explored weekly in a segmented format that engages, informs, and sometimes uplifts. Hello and welcome to the 3 Plus 1 podcast. I am your co-host joined by our other co-host, Tazzy Hall of Let's Talk Tazzy, up-and-coming media mogul. We are joined today by our special guest, motivational and inspirational speaker, Mark Coley. Mark, welcome to the 3 Plus 1 podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So with Mark, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at Mark Unleashed. Mark Unleashed. Mark is the author of two motivational bestsellers, one, How to Unleash Your Money, and The Go-Getter's Guide to Success, Money, and Power. Again, we are thankful to be joined by Mark Coley, hashtag Mark Unleashed. So Mark, let's get into this. Let us know what motivated you to motivate others. Ooh, that's always a good question. Um, I hope I don't sound too, like, cliche is when I say this, but um, like I've known since I was a kid that it was something inside of me that enjoys empowering other people, whether it's talking about money, whether it's talking about entrepreneurship, leadership, whatever it is, I enjoy the feeling and the emotions that I get when I feel like I'm making a difference in someone's lives. So that really triggers me. And then just even when I was a little kid, just like being in my room and seeing myself speaking to thousands of people. And not really knowing what I was going to be saying, but just knowing that that was a part of my destiny. So that's okay, what makes me. That's beautiful. So yeah. can you tell the rest of us, um, what is the average work day like for a motivational speaker? Um, It's different now because I'm not full-time entrepreneur. I'm also in the military right now. So um, I'm building my platform as a speaker so that when I get out, you know, I'll flow right into that. But the average day for me is going to work, of course. Um with the Navy and then coming home and working on videos and branding myself as a speaker because even though I can be a very great speaker, if no one knows that I have that ability, then it's kind of like pointless, you know? Right. Wow. So, you know, on behalf of everyone at the 3 Plus 1 Podcast, we applaud you for your service to our country and all that you have done to protect our freedoms and our rights. Thank you. Thank you. So, Mark, with your military service, what inspired you to join our military? Do <laughs> you really want the real answer? Yes, the real answer. Oh, okay. Because um, <laughs> a lot of people have that whole heroic answer of saying, you oh, know, no. I the We don't military. want the play-play on yeah, the, the 3 plus the, the one, play-play. the podcast. We want the real. You, I can give you a little play-play. But most people say I joined the military to serve my country and to travel the world and to do something heroic. And that really is far from... Um, why, why I joined. I joined because I had a business at that time and I needed some fast income to come in. So I joined the military. But I believe that's a, a sign at how dedicated I am to a vision that I have, that I'll be willing to sacrifice four years of my life, being in uncomfortable situations, be away from home and my family in order to make a dream that I have on the back end a reality. So that's really how, why I joined the military. But I believe that 
Um, even when you do things and you feel like it's just random, it's still in alignment with your ultimate purpose in life. You know, sometimes you move in a direction and you don't know exactly why you're going that way or what's to come, but it all works for your good in the end. So um, me joining the military got me outside of my comfort zone. It moved me to a different place. I was able to meet more people, um, travel the world, get all those experiences. So in the long, in the in long story short, it has assisted me overall. So I'm glad I joined. Mark, is it hard for you to serve currently under our current presidential administration? Uh, well, I can't really talk about those things because he's like ultimately my president. He's like he is my He's like commander in chief. Right. So we have to be very careful as um, uh, military that we don't say anything. So um, it's it's interest interesting. A lot of things have changed um, since he's been the president. Like um. The age limit has went up for people being able to enlist in the military. Um, they've canceled a lot of programs where people usually could get out of the Navy or the military service early. They've canceled all those things. So what I see coming is that probably a war is coming because they're definitely trying to man up the Navy. Wow, um, that's know. something that I didn't know. I didn't know that they had changed those. Um, yeah. And a lot, I don't think a lot of people are talking about yeah. that or making it known. So thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. Tazzy, isn't it not true that your, I think your parents, your you have a military parent? Yeah, I come from a military household. Um, it's not one military parent. Both of my parents oh, wow. were in the military. Um, so shout out to the Army. Shout out. Uh, they, my mother did, well, they both did 20 plus years. Oh, and my wow. father almost hit 30 years. So that's their whole life. They joined when they were like 17 years old. Yeah. And have been doing it, so I'm a proud military brat. Mm -hmm. um, the military has done wonderful things for my family. They are set up and living life great. Shout mm -hmm. out to the military. I mean, Did you think about a career in the military? Never. <laughs> not once. Why not? Um, because it's just, I just knew it wasn't for me. My yeah. little sister is in the military. She's actually stationed in Hawaii right now. She's also in the Army. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't for me. Like... Uh, the military is a path that fits certain people that might not want to go to college or college isn't for them or they don't have any like they don't have um, some type of passion or dream of something mm -hmm. that they want to do that makes them need to go to a secondary school or anything like that. And my sister, it helped provide structure for her. It gave her direction, structure a check, mm -hmm. um, living, and all, all the things that necessary things that she needs. So she's living life and she loves it. Well, can she, I add to that? I, I, being in the military, a lot of people do say that, that it's, um, it's kind of like that option for people who don't want to go to college or they, they don't really have a plan. But some people in the military, that's what they dream about all day long. Like there are some people that I'm stationed with. That's that's what they want to do. And I believe that everybody is graced in life to do something. Mm -hmm. So I don't believe it's necessarily a cop out because you don't have a plan or you don't want to go to college because some people go to the military so that they don't have to pay for college out of the pocket. So, you know, it's it, everybody has a different reason, but I, I want to make sure people don't. <clears throat> and for some yeah, people, the military is a way of paying for college. Like yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, They really think it out and they calculate it and they say, this is how I'm going to sacrifice Price now so that I, I can be able to get the education yeah. um, that I want. And I completely agree with you. I don't want anyone to think that I was saying like the military yeah. is just <laughs> for if you don't have to go to right. college because my dad did almost 30 years and, and he, he all he wanted, no, he never went to college. Oh, I mean, really? he went and got like some classes and has his associate 
associate's degree while he was in the military, but that was his purpose in life. He always wanted to, to be, be in the military. military. He had my grandmother had to sign him into the military at oh, 17 years old because you can't do it on your own right, at 18. Right, right. So it's never there are people that that yeah. they wanted the military <laughs> to be their career. So that's I don't want it. people to think that's only an option if you don't want to go to college. Right, no, right. that man made a very good life for himself <laughs> yes. um, in the military. But it's what you said. <laughs> okay, it that's how we running it today. That's how we running it today. None no, of this no, is getting that, edited. That, that, no, we can keep going. it in, but I just want to say. I don't know, and but, I but said that's not what I meant. So I did clarify it. So because okay. we appreciate all of our military service. So going back to you, Mark. Really, you know, I've looked at your Instagram feed. I've seen some of your Twitter posts, mm-hmm. and you are extremely motivational, mm-hmm. and it is extremely uh, empowering. Mm-hmm. To watch you, and that's why I really want you to join us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I here on our seventh episode, I, I believe in the power of the number seven. I think it is an ordained mm-hmm. number. Complete. I do. I believe <laughs> that. So I really am glad that you're here for our seventh Thank episode. You. I want to know what motivates you. You motivate so many people, and you are so motivational. What do you look to, or where do you look for your motivation? Ah. Mm. Uh. Um, what motivates me is life experiences. Um, I really look at everything that I experience in life, what people experiences, people experience, and I find the lessons in that. I believe life is such an amazing teacher. Like you can look around anything, like everything you can see in life, it could teach you something. So that's where I find my motivation. That you know, like I had a video where I went to a dermatologist and she told me that you know we're gonna give you some medicine or whatever, but um, initially you're not gonna see any results. But that doesn't mean that it's not working. And she said that, and I went home and I thought about that conversation that she had, and I was like, that was so meaty what she said. She said that you know what what's what I'm getting can help, but it won't help at first, and it'll look like it's getting worse, but it's actually getting better. So you know I pull lessons out of everything I experience in life, and I use those to empower everybody because um, what I do realize in 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 teaching and 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 speaking is that we all want a story and we connect to stories. So when you bring real life experiences to people, and then you use that with an element of motivation, it it really impacts people a different way you know so I love being a storyteller with it so one thing that we do with our guests especially those like you Mark that have a phenomenal brand built you know mm. if you could describe your brand in one word what would it be mm. if I can describe it in one word I would say um, authentic what, what what makes your brand authentic um, for a while I was trying to mimic what I saw others do in my field. And I think we do that sometimes, especially as entrepreneurs and dreamers. Um, when you're creating something, you always look for a template template to, to mimic what you see in your head. But sometimes you don't always have a template. And that that's when it comes to being a trailblazer because when you're literally an originator of something, you don't have an example to go by. So um, right now I'm in a season of my life of being relatable and authentic to whatever I do. And that's even down to how I post stuff, what I say, what caption um, I make, because people want the real me. That's my gift to the world. It's, it's, we got so many copycats and so many people doing it like the next person. So my gift is being my authentic self and presenting that to people. So. Okay, well, speaking about your authentic self and who you are as a person, Will you let us know throughout your life, what would you identify as your most defining moment? 
my most defining moment was when I left home at, I think, probably 21. Um, I grew up in a household. My First of all, my mom and dad wasn't in my life to actually raise me, so um, my aunt and uncle took care of me for the most of my childhood. But at the age of 20-ish, I decided to leave home because I felt like I was being smothered and I wasn't able to become the man that I wanted to become. So um, that was such a defining time in my life because I, I left my church, I left my home, I left my car, I left my job. I didn't know what was to come, but everything worked together, you know, so um, that was really a defining moment. Though. Wow. You know, it's really great that you're here with us mm -hmm. and that we're able to get this interview uh, relatively early in your success. Mark, mm -hmm. I have no doubt that you're going to continue to grow and you're going to continue to motivate and you're going to continue to shape the lives of other people. So I'm glad that you're here with thank us you, thank you. and that we are capturing all this great information early mm -hmm relatively early in, yeah. a, in what has already been a successful career, but in a career that I know is ordained and destined mm -hmm. to go so much further. Many of your most recent postings on social media have emphasized a focus on doing things on one singular mm -hmm. thing and telling people yeah. to have a focus. Yeah. Now, that has always spoken to me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, had, I have a... a belief in focus mm -hmm. and doing one thing at a time and doing one thing well and giving your energy and passion to that one thing. Mm -hmm. But what exactly motivated this for you and what do you think it will do for your followers and clients who really subscribe to the belief that you have to focus in on one thing and one thing only? Um, for me, um, I know the type of person that I am. You know, I get excited. I'm a visionary. I'm a dreamer. I'm an entrepreneur. So for many of us, we find the happiness in creating something. And sometimes we create something and then it gets boring and we create something else and that gets boring, create something else. And then before you know it, you have a whole bunch of creations that you can't, not, can't really uh, focus on and really push them to the next level. So my thing is like find one thing that you're really graced at and use that to build your platform and then extend out. Uh, most of the time, like it seems we start all over the place and my grandmother used to call it scatterbrain. You know, you just, you just all over the place. And even the, the scripture, if you look at it, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It means you don't have a stable thought. You're not stable in one thing. So if you find one thing to focus all your creativity on and get that off the ground and get that stable and allow that to become a platform, then you can launch off into other, other places. It's, it's so many examples we, we've seen of this. Uh, you got Nene Leakes, who used her platform with uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and then she extended her brand to something else. But if she would have got on the show trying to do this, trying to be a comedian, trying to be an actress, that would have been too much at one time. So you have to build one thing and build it to the point that it's stable and then extend from that. So that's what I mean by one focus. Wow. And so that is a great segue into a one focus, mm -hmm. uh, a really one day on the floor, or really that turned into eight hours on the floor. Oh, yeah. As we look at our very first segment of the 3 Plus 1 podcast of politics, and that Pelosi held house for an advocacy of dreamers for more than eight hours. Uh, Cheryl Gay Stolberg for the New York Times writes, Representative Nancy Pelosi, the House Democratic leader, took the house floor at 10.04 Eastern on Wednesday intent on speaking about the young undocumented immigrants known as dreamers eight hours and seven minutes later she quit talking her marathon monologue highly unusual for the house which has no equivalent to the senate filibuster appears to have set the record for the longest continuous speech in the chamber dating to at least 1909 according to the house historian 
It tied up the house into the evening, delaying debate on a bill intended to spur competition in the mortgage market. It also demonstrated yet again why Ms. Pelosi, at the age of 77 from California, remains one of the most enduring and to many infuriating figures in Washington. Guys, what do you think about Nancy's heroic stand? I think this was absolutely amazing. Um, I was in shock. Eight hours. That's beautiful. She stood up for something that's right. The dreamers are people that need to be, you know, talked about, cared for. They don't need to be taking their rights back. Somebody needs to speak up on their behalf because obviously... Um, not enough people are. I'm glad that she did this. Uh, it should be talked about. This should be taught in schools. It should be everywhere. I'm glad we brought it up. Didi, I'm glad you brought this into your political segment um, of 3 Plus 1, the podcast, because people need to talk about this. You need to know what's going on with the Dreamers and why she was up there. It was time to protect young immigrants and stop trying to take back their rights just because the president wants to change laws and things like that. So what do you think, Mark? Um, I actually read, well, not read an article. I was listening to, I think it's NPRC. I think that's yeah, NPR. Name. NPR, yeah. I love so it. So I, I recently I'm, started I, And when you know it. that DD is the world's biggest NPR fan. If you okay. didn't know it, okay. now you do. Yeah, so I, I started listening. I was listening to it one day in the gym, and they were actually talking about a young man that spent a few weeks in jail, um, and he was... A quote unquote a great citizen but he was a, a dreamer he fell under that so I was listening to the article now I, I mean listen to the, the, the show and I was just like wow you know you you think that it's the people who are you know doing things illegally and the ones that are you know in gangs and the, you know those people you would think those are the first people to get in trouble and those are the people that are about to get um uh, deported back to to different countries, but it's actually people that are everyday citizens that are working, that are doing things right. It's that, like students, yeah, so like just, trying to get an education. They're not bothering person. anybody, yeah, yeah. So it, I believe there needs to be some type of um, some type of law to protect these people like that because it's like why why are we kicking people out of this country? So I really think that what um, what she was doing is is really heroic and that she's standing up for people that almost are voiceless in this situation. You know so. Um, I think that's, yeah, amazing. Definitely um, <clears throat> proud of Nancy Pelosi. I think that many people, Nancy Pelosi stands at the forefront of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And she is oftentimes demonized by the right. She is Republicans' number one enemy. And so many people fail to really look at her for what she brings to the table and who she is and the qualities that she stands for. So I was very proud that Nancy Pelosi took this stand on behalf of the entire Democratic Party Mm -hmm. and really represented for our dreamers as shared on the podcast many times. A legal path to citizenship for every undocumented immigrant is a true passion of mine, is a true prayer that I make every single day. Mm -hmm. And that this was a great step in the right direction. Tazzy talked about why President Trump and our Republicans do not want the Dreamers here. And I think that it is clear that there is a whole entire faction of the Republican Party and of America in general who wants a whiter America. Mm-hmm. They say they want to make it make America great again. So what does that And mean? so we have to stand up with people like Nancy Pelosi and argue against that and say we want an America that is a melting pot, that is a true right, blend of culture where brown and black people are treated fairly and equally under the law to everyone else. And so I really am thankful that Nancy Pelosi made this stand for us 
uh, for eight hours longer than any other politician. I, I think that sometimes we give a lot of credit to a lot of politicians, but Nancy isn't one of them. So I'm thankful to see her, for, for her to get her moment in the spotlight and to get her sh uh, share of heroic shine. I don't know if it made a huge difference or if it will make a huge difference in the long term. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that the Republican Party, specifically President Trump, will find a way because of all the pressure to create a legal path to citizenship, mm -hmm. and then they will take credit for doing this and persuade future brown people in this country, future undocumented immigrants who will become citizens, to support and vote for the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Don't you dare forget, they do not want you here. Mm -hmm. They fought tooth and nail to get you out of here. They built up a whole entire agenda of propaganda against you. Mm -hmm. It is a Democratic Party that is fighting for your rights and fighting to keep you here. We will continue to do so. But do not forget the debt that we all owe the Democratic Party as minorities in this country, as black and brown people. Yeah. Well, speaking of black or brown people, um, just people in general, honestly, but black or brown people might need to listen to this segment because it's time for us to talk about all the white supremacists running for office in 2018. It is important that we vote because, as you know, there are a lot of white supremacists that are in positions of power in the government as well as in um, police departments across the country. So Sean Donahue is a Republican running um, for a position in Pennsylvania. He's con uh, convicted of terroristic threats um, back in 2015. Then we have John Abar. Um, he's running for Montana State House of Representatives. Back in the day, he tried to recruit black and LGBTQ um, community members to join the KKK. Uh, we also have Arthur Jones. He's running for a seat in Congress. And Paul Nealon is running to replace House Speaker Paul Ryan. Um, and I feel like these are important things to know because if they're running in a district or an area or wherever you are, um, that you have the opportunity to vote against them, go out and vote against them. We do not need any more white supremacists and positions of power. That's terrible for the culture of America. And just make sure you're informed about who's running in your neck of the woods. I think it goes even beyond that, right? I think that we've had white supremacists and people that have white supremacist thoughts and views having been elected to major positions for a long time in the country, in, in, in America. And that is why our media is so essential right now to do a focus on uncovering that and making it known and that people have to vote. Millennials carry the majority of voting, voting age individuals in a number of I'm sorry, critical and crucial swing states. An example being the state of Colorado. We need those millennials to register to vote and we need every person who is of voting age and a voting caliber who has the uh, ability to see through the propaganda of the Republican Party and the Trump administration to step up and to vote and vote accordingly. So according to this article, um, David Duke who is a long time famous noted white supremacist, one of the very yes. first to step up and stand out for being a white supremacist has run for numerous uh, positions throughout the course of my life and is still going strong and has actually seen a resurgence in modern time with the support of President Trump. Yeah, he was a former Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizard. He probably still is. Uh, he probably is. Um, and it just amazes me that he actually said that he's very 
excited and encouraged by seeing all of these growing numbers of Republican congressional candidates who appear sympathetic to the white supremacist causes or who are openly white supremacists themselves. Um, and that's that's very concerning uh, <laughs> that this white man is really out here like, I can see it in their eyes. These are some white supremacists mm-hmm. coming up in the ranks. <laughs> like, we really I need agree. to be paying attention to this type of stuff. And oh, my God. I, I think, too, that a lot of millennials, we believe that people with these type of views don't exist. And even when they get the platforms and um, start to run for these different offices, we feel like nobody's going to vote for them. But... Like reading these these articles, you realize that there are people with the exact same views, and if we don't vote, those view people with those views are voting, and they hold the power. So it's just like if we don't do anything, we will allow them to rule and dominate over us in in these positions. Make America Great Again was a thinly veiled Make America White right Again. Yes, and because President Trump won the presidency running on that message. Not only did he win the presidency, but he also gained the vote of a number of minorities in this country. People like Omarosa Manningalt Newman, who we'll talk about in a moment. But not only did Omarosa vote for him, but so did so many Hispanic and Latino Americans vote for him as well. Although he emphasized that he was going to build a wall that's in direct opposition to their cultural heritage and who they are. So all of that needs to be noted and taken taken care of because in the same way that he can win, so too can David Duke and any number of these white supremacists who've come out and spoken hateful rhetoric against people of color. Okay, so this is my last point on here. So David Duke was quoted to say, I think it's about time. I think there's a tremendous amount of frustration in the white community and that we're at a tipping point. Y'all, why... Okay. He's right. I understand. White people are so threatened by people of color and they think that they're taking over the world, which they are. You you really are like getting outnumbered, but it's insane to me like how far this fear is taking people. Like why are white people so scared and so mad? Because they've been neglected. Mm-hmm. They've been ignored. And so I definitely feel that the cultural norms have shifted and people aren't feeling included. And everyone should feel like they have a seat at the table. Everyone should feel like they belong. Everyone should feel like they have a right to be heard. And they should be respected for it. Yeah. And I, I feel bad for anyone, whether you're black, white, gay, straight, and you don't feel like you you matter. Because you do. And when you feel that way, when you feel marginalized, there is a inverse action that happens that leads to people like David Duke and Donald Trump getting put into office. And that's the worst thing that can happen to America as a whole. So I empathize and I feel bad for any white person who felt neglected and ignored in our current era. I do. I feel bad for them. Mm -hmm. I empathize. But who I don't empathize with is Omarosa Manning Galt Newman. Omarosa Manning Galt Newman is now a contestant (laughs) on Celebrity Apprentice. We recently even heard that she may have No, she's not on Celebrity Apprentice right now. I'm sorry. She's on Celebrity Big Brother. Same trash. Same trash, right? (laughs) So she even, according to reports I read uh, in today's New York Times, she possibly was even rushed to the hospital. Omarosa Manning Galt Newman appears to be done with President Donald Trump, according to Ed Mazza, writing for the Huffington Post. Newman... Omarosa, the reality TV star from Trump's days on The Apprentice, who then joined him in the White House only to be fired less than a year later, said she would never vote for him again. 
She also issued a dire warning about the future of the nation, telling fellow celebrity Big Brother cast member Ross Matthews in the episode airing on Thursday night that Americans should be worried. What are your thoughts about Omarosa's flipping or turning away from supporting President Donald Trump? This is how I feel about most issues. Keep that same energy. Like, keep that same energy you had when you were in his face and campaigning with him and all up in the White House kicking it and being the little token black lady in there. Keep that same energy. Don't get fired then all of a sudden be like, he's terrible. I don't like him. I wouldn't vote for him again. No, sis. Keep the same energy you had when you was getting checks from him. Don't try to come back to the other side. Like, don't do not do that. I don't like when people switch up when their situation changes. Be who you are. Stick to what you say. And you shouldn't, you wouldn't know. You knew that backlash was going to come. So you can keep it. Don't try to come scooting back over here to the common sense, folks. Okay? Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy, Amarosa. And my question is what what happened you know what what like you saying what happened what what changed did did trump change or you changed you know what i'm saying she got fired exactly. that's it so, so trump is obviously the same person you know what i'm saying so now her message is changing and okay america's in a bad situation wasn't it in a bad situation a few months ago prior to you being fired what happened yeah. that caused you to change your mind other than you being fired because if that's the only thing yeah, we're not rocking with you like Since that. Since pride hurt, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But you best just to be quiet. I, I mean, you're more effective at being quiet and like kind of lowering your level, like getting out of the line. Like to me, mm-hmm. she's like keeping up noise and just like maybe just a troll. I don't know. So Amarosa was fired for her job when she was hired was to represent African-American affairs and African-American <laughs> interests in the White House. And her number one role was to really focus in on uh, areas where the black vote mattered to really help influence those voters to vote for the Republican nominee and Republican issue. So she was dismissed from service or she left the White House uh, after the uh, Alabama election that went with the, the congressional seat went to uh, Doug Jones as opposed Doug to Roy Moore. And she was out soon thereafter. If you watch the episode of Celebrity Big Brother, you will notice that Amarosa managed Newman is wearing a lot of what appears to be Afrocentric wear and Afrocentric garb and Afrocentric clothing. Uh, she has her head wrap on and she wears like a long flowing dashiki style garment. Oh, uh, what do you guys think about that? I, I think that it's kind of like she's rebranding herself. Does she not have the right to try to say now, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm just as black as every other black woman and I deserve no. respect from the black community of I which mean, I'm a member I mean, technically, we can't rob her of the right of being black because she is an African-American woman. But it's just like, I don't feel like she's authentic right now. I feel like it's just whatever is putting out the best paycheck, that's what side I'll go with. So, you know, you can't be really down with the cause if a check is the only thing that's really persuading you to be down with the cause. Listen, (laughs) Omarosa's PR team, if you're out there, if you're listening... Putting her in some dashikis 
And a head wrap doesn't yeah, change that she was cooning in the White House. <laughs> she is who she is. She will be whoever you tell her to be for money. And that's not going to change anything. No, I don't feel bad for Amarosa. No, I'm not like, hey, sis, how you doing, girl? <laughs> yeah, come back over here. We we forgive you for all of that. No, that's not forgivable. You knew what you were doing were wrong, but you wanted the money. So you back on Big Brother because you want the money. They got you on Big Brother to pay you so you can get on there and turn against the president and wear your little African dashikis and maybe probably ever get some braids put in your head. All that bullshit. No. Keep that same energy, Amarosa. That's it. It was like the young lady who, uh, what was her name? Um, She was really big on social media. It was the white lady that was pretending to be black and we really Rachel Dolezal right? yeah, or something we really like that. Drug her. So I feel like this is one of those situations again. It's like I yeah, love you Rachel. black, but of course you love Rachel. I right? love Rachel. Mm-hmm. Rachel Dolezal. I've always, I, I really, I love her. Yeah, I mean, and what she stands for. She's an ally. And we yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's more allies. committed to the we call. Don't have, I don't, you can be an ally, but why are you lying about being a black woman? Like, <laughs> but just be how, an ally. That's how committed, that's exactly that's how committed she was that's right. to that's what right. she believed. There in. are, unfortunately, David, black no. people and people of color that don't want to be people of color. And to have Omarosa. an ally who wants to be a person of color, we are, I applaud you. Listen, no, white woman. If you want to be an I've ally, use your Rachel. privilege to help us. Shame use your shame. privilege to help us. Don't go out here like, let me be a black woman. You what black woman pri- no be, use that white woman privilege that you have been given and help us yes Rachel just help us don't add on to the bullshit okay <laughs> is that alright with you Didi you know I agree to a certain extent Tazzy but Rachel Ozell you know I support her I love her she was a professor there's a recent incident at Princeton where a professor has done some things um, students walked out after Princeton professor used Rachel Sawyer in class on hate speech so on one hand, you can have a Rachel Ozell, but here you have a whole nother issue. According to Carol Caravilla, writing for the Huffington Post, several students walked out at an anthropology course at Princeton University on Tuesday after a professor repeatedly used a racial slur in his class about hate speech. The professor, Lawrence Rosen, is an award-winning legal anthropologist who has taught at Princeton University for 40 years. Rosen's course, titled Cultural Freedoms, Hate Speech, Blasphemy, and Pornography, explores the legal and cultural limits of free speech. This week, he led a discussion on verbal symbols and what types of speech should be protected. The heated debate that followed was first reported on by the Daily Princetonian, what are your thoughts, guys, about this racial slur from someone who also is a noted possible ally? Sometimes I would say that on certain situations, because of the culture that we live in, it, everybody is like super sensitive with everything. So you have to be cautious of that. But in a situation where someone is telling you what you're saying is offensive to me, but yet you still do the exact same thing and you're unapologetic with it, I think that's grounds for some type of counseling by his uh uh, superiors on some some level like I, I don't care if you've been teaching for half a century like <laughs> you you need to it is almost half a century. Like, you know yeah I, I think you need to respect the audience because the audience that you're facing now is different from the audience five years ago from last year from 10 years ago you know people are changing people are evolving so if I'm telling you hey that's offensive I think you should consider how I feel about it you know 
That man been teaching for almost 50 years. He was using the N-word back in the day. And he clearly is going uh, senile, dementia. What's all them things that he probably has? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to make excuses for him. But honestly, like, he was using the word back in the day because he's clearly comfortable still using it. He had no issue with it. That is a grown man, highly educated. He's comfortable with it. So, I'm, I don't know why we're even shocked. Lawrence Rosen would say that he was using the N-word for emphasis and effect. Mm-hmm. He wanted to make every student in that room feel the power of those words. They know the damn power of the word. This old white man saying the N-word, and I'm probably sure he put that strong ER at the end of it. They know the power. Like, he didn't need to do that. So, even if he was using it for a teaching purpose. You going to use it 20 times? How many times do you have to say it for the power, for the, to feel the effect? How many times do you yeah, really need to say Some of the students it? who uh, were interviewed about the situation said that they feel that word, people of color feel that word every day. That there was no reason to simulate that because they live it. Mm. But do you think, you know, with that, Mark, you said that he should be disciplined, perhaps, you mm. know, counseled. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he should possibly even lose his job? That man got tenure, I'm sure. Yeah, he's um, tenured. That's, yes, he's at a high level of tenure, actually. I don't know. I don't know if it's. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Though. They're not gonna I'm, fire I'm him. On the fence with but that, should like, they know. fire? Not that they will fire him, but should they fire him? Yeah, fire his ass. He oh, get somebody new <laughs> that knows better, that understands the culture of the world that we live in. If he's ignorant enough to think I need to say this word so that people can feel it and don't realize that the America we live in right now, people feel that every single day, like those students said, then fire his ass and bring somebody in that understands that and can teach to the climate that we live in. Mm-hmm. I get all of that too, but I, I'm a little sap on things like this because, I mean... If this is his first time doing his first offense, first mistake, then he needs to be counseled and, you know, allowed to teach again. But if it occurs again, then I'll say, okay, something isn't right. You, you still don't get it. Y'all make too many excuses for these people. That man is, what, 80 years old? You know I mean, better at a certain point. I'm I not making excuses that. for no old ass man. This is not a child. But his course is called Cultural Freedoms. Hate speech, I, I blasphemy, yeah, and pornography. And there's that. a legal, you know, I feel like you can you can say the word you, say the word say the word that one, two times you need to say it. But if you sitting here repeating over and over to the point that people are uncomfortable and they leave, if you did not know that that was a possible outcome, that's a problem and you don't he need to be in the classroom. Was this his first time teaching this as well? Is this his first time teaching this segment? Was it taught last semester? You know, what was the outcome last semester? Was it not offensive last semester when he taught it? You know, is this his, is this new? If it's new, then he might not have known the outcome, you know? So I think there's a lot of gray areas in this, honestly. But so many excuses. I'm I mean, I'm not going to call it an excuse. It's just people have, people make mistakes you know what I'm saying and as a professor you want to push the envelope and push the critical thinking of your students to their next level mm-hmm. and maybe that's exactly you know what he was yeah, doing yeah that's what I'm saying like it's hard to tell the get the whole story if you're not there if you wasn't there if you've never been a student of this man so it's easy for people on the outside to look at something and only get a small snippet of it and say hey this is what needs to be done in the same situation if something happens right now in this room and an article is released and everybody is able to make their own opinion of it. Dear God, don't yeah. let that happen. And it's just like, well, that's not really what happened. We were here. I know him. This is right. how it really happened. So I don't, I don't think it's an excuse. It's just allowing people to be human and then taking action from that. 
So in terms of taking things to the next level, Idris Elba proposes to girlfriend Sabrina uh, in front of a cheering crowd. Idris Elba appears to be off the market. Video shows the Luther star getting down on one knee and proposing to girlfriend Sabrina, I want to say the name is pronounced Howry, during a screening of the film Yardy, the first time Elba has directed, the first film Elba has directed in Dawson, London. Neither Elba nor Dowry or Howry have publicly confirmed the engagement and reps for Elba didn't immediately reply to a request for comment. But screening attendee David Marcinsenio posted a clip of the sweet moment on Twitter Saturday. What are your thoughts about Idris Elba being off the market, Tazzy? Oh my God. Are you sad? That's a fine, fine <laughs> ass black man. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of us were heartbroken right. as if we had a chance. Right, right. You know what? I low key had a chance because I know that um, stardom and fame is on its way to me. So, I always imagined that I would have a chance to shoot my shot at him. Um, but now that he's engaged, that's no longer an option because... You said to shoot your shot. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> oh, no, baby. I don't play that type of karma. I don't need that type of mess in my life. Oh, really? I do not shoot my shot on men in relationships. I do not shoot my shot on men that are seriously dating. Like, no, no, no. That's not the type of karma that I need in my life. So, I, I wish them the best. I'm all about black love and I'm so happy that she's beautiful. That's a beautiful a very attractive um, mm-hmm. young woman and I wish him the best I am upset because that man is fine <sighs> and mm-hmm. yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I wonder will it affect his career because it's been said that in Hollywood you attract more uh, a larger audience when you're a single mm-hmm. you know attractive man he's doing just fine I think this is like his third marriage he's really? already been married before yeah so um, it won't affect okay. anything also the next thing is She's like super younger than him, or I thought I read something, an article prior to that about like that there was a big age difference. Actually, she's 29 and Idris is 45. How do y'all feel about that? Uh, it's 16 age, 16 years different. All right, well, she's 29, I'm 26. I definitely do not see myself dating someone that's 16 years older than me. That would make them like 42, I believe. Um, you just said that Idris Elba, it was heartbreaking for him to be off the market. Oh. So what if it was Idris No, no, no. Himself? Listen. Oh. Mm. Let me address that. Oh, Money doesn't come with an age. Oh. <laughs> that man is fine and paid. So, yeah. You just not... I'm you not just de- Melania Trump last in, week. In last our episode, you attacked Melania. I did last, but Idris is fine. There's an exception. Oh, she was. Uh, she's dating a scumbag though. Come on now, <laughs> a scumbag. Like Idris Elba is a fine, successful black man. You can break the age barrier for that. But other than that, hell no. Last week I talked about how I date men that are low key, high key, sometimes all the way key, just <laughs> broke, out broke, and so no, I'm not gonna date some random 42 year old that's doing bare minimum in life are you kidding me so in order to date a person that's 16 years your senior they have to be doing exceptionally well they need to be established above above average you you have to be above average if i'm gonna date somebody that's that much older than me you have to be bringing some amazing shit to the table that makes me feel like okay you know what (laughs) i can feel better about dating someone so much older than me because i damn sure ain't taking no 42 year old Old man to my mama house and being like hey girl this is my new boo and he ain't got shit going for himself so she could be like get the hell up out but my what's damn the difference house between him and a 30 year old that don't have anything going for themselves as well but we're, you, we're closer at 30 is different well i'm closer i'm closer in age to 30 i still don't want to date a 30 year old that ain't got shit going for him because that just looks like 
his life path isn't going too well. Right, right, right. At the end of the day, regardless of your age, oh God, I'm tired of dating men that ain't got shit going on. Actually, the men that I've dated do have a lot of things going on. They just finances. Shout out to our brothers. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't just brothers, Lord. Okay. Black men, we love you. Ain't just saying y'all are not the only broke people out there. So, Mark, what are your thoughts on that? On this question, I think love is love. At the end of the day, for me, um, I think if you have good chemistry with someone, you can't really define that by limits of limitations of age. You know, it's it would be such a a a bad crazy situation if you find the love of your life but you allow oh you're 15 years older than me so yeah that's a no-go but we have great chemistry great conversation we add to each other we build each other so you're telling me that the age is so important that it limits the power of love so i'm just not with the whole age limit love leah said it best aj number number but Aaliyah was also dating R. Kelly Lee's pedophile. Oh yes, she was pedophile in love. She was in love. He pees on fourteen-year-old girls. That's inappropriate. Like what? Come on, you got all the excuses, Mark. Like I don't I, know. You make excuses for everybody. I think that's a legend, right? I think the fact that we he, saw the piss video. What are you talking about? I've never seen. I've, I've never seen, seen the video. Seen it like was that. on the internet. Like I can't come on. Just not yes, I have seen R. Kelly piss on a young girl because it was on the internet like come on y'all but you know what that's that the, that that's the, the gap with the millennials and zennials that make the song not important the song still is true age ain't nothing but a number but we with the subject of the song is a pedophile <laughs> Like, that's why she she's trying to tell y'all, be okay with my boyfriend being a pedophile. Like, come on, dog. Be okay with my situation. <laughs> I, I am shocked. I'm stunned. So, Black Panther drops Friday. Yes, super hype. Super, super hype. hype. I'm super hype. I've been a fan of comic books since I was 10 years old. Uh, the Black Panther was not one of my favorite characters growing up, but as the resurgence of the character has really made him uh, kind of come into being a character that I really care about and really value. I'm excited about the film. Are you guys seeing the movie? If so, when? I would like to see it. I think one of my friends has tickets to it. Um, I didn't really grow up with Black Panther either, but what I am excited about is how... We are standing behind it as a culture, and it's breaking records. It makes me feel really good as a black uh, man, uh, as, you know, our race. Like, when we get behind something, we really get behind it. Only thing is, I wish we did it with more more things, and, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I feel like we'll be so much more progressive. But I'll take small wins, and this is a small win, so I'm, I'm saluting everybody that's supporting it. I'm definitely excited about Black Panther. The cast looks phenomenal. Mm, yeah. Um, I know the directing is going to be great. I'm just, I'm just overjoyed and excited to see it. I really didn't grow up uh, reading comic books and stuff, so I don't know much about what I need to be expecting from it. But I do expect greatness. I'm just excited in in general. <laughs> So, yeah, can't wait, can't wait. Sign me up. So, when you guys talk about you really are excited, Mark, you said you're glad that the black community, people in general, have really pushed this film ahead. Yeah. Can you think back to a film or a TV show that you really wish would have gotten this kind of support but didn't? Either mm-hmm. of you guys. What type of... Uh, um, I don't know. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Um... 
And we're talking about black, like black films, right? Or, or something that you feel could have done better or should have done better, but just didn't get the support that now people are rallying behind Black Panther to give it. Like what comes to mind for me right now is off the bat, I do feel like there's a slow build up towards A Wrinkle in Time, which is a film coming out that yeah, is has the, that has Oprah in yeah. it. Uh, the film, it, the book for me was one of my favorite books mm-hmm. growing up. It was a series. It's actually a trilogy of books by Madeline Engel and uh, Wrinkle in Time, Swiftly Tilting Planet, Wind in the Door. Actually, I said them out of order. Uh, Swiftly Tilting Planet is the last of the books. I love those books as a child. So I'm really excited about the film version or another film version. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it does as well. But I really would love to see people really support more films like that mm-hmm. that may not have the big budgets or may not be action-packed that may tell a different type of Actually, story. A Wrinkle in Time had one of the largest budgets for an African-American female to ever direct. It got a hundred... It's a hundred million dollar film, actually. Ava DuVernay, DuVernay broke records with A Wrinkle in with Time. With her cost. Cost. But we hope that she can break records with her box yeah. office. That's well. true. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. That's what I'm concerned with. Because if she doesn't, they will use that as an excuse. Hollywood yeah. will use that as an excuse to no longer film our black female filmmakers like you, Tazzy, in the mm-hmm. future. We yeah. wanted to do well. We needed to do well. And we did the exact same kind of push for a wrinkle in time that actually teaches a phenomenal story as we have with Black Panther. I have complete faith in a yeah. wrinkle in time. I think I think all for, I'm worried for about a while all black fi- like if we can stand behind all black films like we're doing Black Panther even if they're good or not so no, good. No, bro. Well, what I'm saying if is if it's not good, I can't support. I'm not rooting well, for everybody black. I'm rooting for everybody worthy. I get that, but what I'm saying is so that when people come along like 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 yourself like that she makes a bad the, movie. I ain't gonna watch it. But they'll get the they'll <laughs> get the her. opportunity. I'm not watch a bad movie. I, I would hope people yeah. will even get the opportunity to make a bad film. Like, okay, we'll give you a hundred million. Like, okay, because all black people gonna support you, so we'll we'll support what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm saying like, at least give people opportunity to fail. My money matters. I get. That. I, I want people to fail, but at the same time, <laughs> I want them to fail on my dime. Yeah. There are some films that have been horrible, like absolute garbage, mm-hmm. that didn't deserve, that didn't get my time. You know, that didn't get a penny. I haven't seen one Medea Boo in my life, and I won't <laughs> be able to watch any boos. Oh my goodness! Well, I'm glad that we're one. all excited <laughs> about uh, Black Panther coming out. That's definitely a great thing that's going on in the coming days. And we'll get to debrief a little bit of it in our next episode. Yes. We're not going to give away too much. But we will talk a little bit about our experience. Tazzy's going to see it uh, on opening weekend. I'm seeing it on opening weekend. And we'll talk about it next weekend to next week's episode. It'll be one of our segments. Super excited. But now it's that time in the show for the up, the down, and the clown. So this week, our up is Atlanta's very own Gucci Man. His biopic is about to be released. Actually, it's not about to be released. They're creating it. It's in the works right now based off of his autobiography that he wrote. Uh, I know a lot of people that have read it. I do have to shout out my East Atlanta people, all my East Side people, Kayla Roby. I know you love your Stone Mountain and you love you some Gucci. Um, we have been told that they are making a film based off of the book and I'm super excited about that. So that's definitely the Do up. we know who's going to be like playing? Some of the- we don't. They haven't released any of that information. They just let us know that it's in the works. Um, I would be hyped if he played himself, but I'm sure he can't or he might not. We I, we have no idea. Next week, like who should be the cast of the Gucci? Yes, movie? y'all. Let us friends. know who you think <laughs> should play the roles in Gucci Gucci Burr. Man's life. <laughs> Gucci Man's life. 
Um, and moving forward, let's see. Our down of the week is definitely going to go to Escape. Um, mm. As you know, Escape did, you know, do a reunion and they got back together. But they just let us know that Candy will not be joining them as they continue to make new music. They have changed the name to Escape. Without the E at the end, it's just going to be the number three so that you know that it's all of them without Candy. Candy did release a statement where she said there's no drama, there's no beef, there's nothing, um, there's no hostility towards them. She just has other things that she wants to focus on in her life, and she absolutely wishes them the best as they move forward. And she will be joining them um, at Essence Fest. They will be performing as uh, the four of them, as the original group. Mm Now, the clown of the week goes to Sarah Jessica Parker. To all of the Sex and the City fans out there, you know him, her and Kim, who played Samantha on the show, do not get along in real life. But do we, we really know? Are you a fan? Are you a fan of the show? Yes, I am Martin, a fan. Martin, you ever watch Sex and the City? I've yeah, seen every man. single episode of every single season, the movies, all of that. I know. So Kim has always said that Sarah Jessica Parker is a flat out bitch and she's just a mean girl, mean woman in real life and that she tries to portray this wholesome image and make people think that she's such a nice person when in reality she's a terrible human being according to Kim and I absolutely believe Kim I just I believe everything Kim said the statements the stories that they've told people have come back and confirmed Kim's stories about Sarah Jessica Parker and I believe it because well why would she have reason to lie why would she have reason to lie and some white women typically do like to play the victim, even some, though they're the people horrible of people. Any gender or race can play the victim. Yeah, that's true. Anywho, <laughs> so basically, uh, Kim had a loss in her family this week. Her brother died, um, and Sarah Jessica Parker released a statement saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your loss." Um, and basically, Kim snapped. She said, "Sarah, I do not need your apologies or your well wishes. You have been nothing but." a horrible person to me don't get on the internet and act like you have been a sweet person during this tragic time in my family's life and I agree Kim said keep that same energy like I always say and I love that Kim does not need Sarah Jessica Parker to be fake with her you don't like me you treat me terribly don't try to come around and make the internet think that you're a friend of mine and you're this sweet person so Sarah Jessica Parker you are the clown of the week Mm -hmm. I'm still a fan (laughs) oh god you don't know I'm still, I'm still a fan. Now, moving forward yeah, now in our segment, the tell us what we're talking about now, Didi. So, I want to emphasize this week's Best of Us to go to the BET Social Media Awards. Mm. The BET Social Media Awards are going to air live tonight. They were filmed right here in Atlanta. And so, I'm really excited about all of the nominees. And I hope that one day, the 3 Plus 1 podcast will be nominated and win. I hope that one day Mark Coley will be nominated and win for his motivation, inspirational work. And I hope that one day Let's Talk Tazzy will also be a nominee and win. Thank you so much to BET for highlighting the work of this unheralded group of people, largely millennials that are out there on social media who are really making things happen. They are trendy. They are contemporary. They are what's happening now. And they are truly our best of us. So thank you, BT, for representing the best of us. Mm-hmm. And from there, we go into our products that we love. So this week... I have a brand of products that I'm happy to recognize, and this is not sponsored. These are just, I've been looking for several weeks for the right hair care products. 
for my uh, for my crown, and I have found Miss Jessie's products. I use a Miss Jessie's leave-in condition or conditioner, the best darn leave-in conditioner period, and I have to agree, as well as the Miss Jessie's Multicultural Curls. That is the cream that I use after I have done my leave-in and my oil. So what I like most about the Miss Jessie's products is the way that they smell. They smell absolutely tantalizing. It's a clean smell. It is a non-oily, greasy, fragrant, uh, kind of chemically smell. It's just very, very natural. These are very natural products that make my hair feel soft, and they last throughout the day. For anyone who knows me, I'm a runner. I work out. I'm a uh, very committed to a, a being on a weight loss journey. And these products are phenomenal for my hair and for the upkeep of my hair. So I'm very thankful to recommend them and say this is a product that I love. Mark, what is a product that you love this week? My product for the week is the JLab Audio Block Party. It's a wireless Bluetooth speaker, and the reason that I like it is because you can buy one main speaker, and you can buy several other like sub speakers, and you can have them all throughout your house. They're all connected to each other wirelessly, and they sound amazing. I had them for my 29th birthday party, and it was like having a real life DJ there. So it's a it's a multi room experience. You hear the music everywhere, and also once you Connect it to whatever um, wireless device you can control the volume on all of them. How much are these speakers? Oh, drop a price tag for those listeners out there who said want to know. The, the item of the week, and you say the deal of the week. Um, <laughs> they are kind of expensive. Okay. The main one is like one hundred and fifty dollars, and then the sub ones are ninety nine dollars each. But it's worth it. Miss Jessie's curl, Miss Jessie's multicultural curl, typically runs me about nineteen ninety nine for a pretty generous bottle mm -hmm. and the uh, Miss Jess leaving conditioner is about I think $9.99 maybe mm -hmm. and it's also very generous they'll last a long time you know I, I now that I think about it, I met her at a conference Miss Jessie is she nice yeah she was very nice is she I young a humble ex, uh, story because uh, she started the company with her sister oh, wow. um, she's not like super young probably like in her 40s Wow. Yeah. Miss Jesse, if you're out there, we would yeah. love sponsorship, but more importantly than that, I would just love the chance to meet you and dialogue with you mm -hmm. to find out your journey and then share that with our listeners. Tadzi, what is this week's product of the week? So my product of the week is for the ladies. Um, it's actually L Organic Tampons. Mm. And that is, I've been telling everybody I know, get organic tampons and pads because toxic shock syndrome is real and it's killing people. What is toxic shock? Uh, basically, the chemicals and the things that are in tampons can cause you to have a toxic shock if they stay in too long. And um, there was an article I read recently where a model left her tampon in too long. All of that chlorine, rayon, and the fragrances that are in those uh, tampons soaked into her bloodstream. And she got toxic shock syndrome, had to get rushed to the hospital, and actually lost the leg. Her leg had to be amputated. Oh and people have actually died from toxic shock syndrome. So organic tampons and pads are the best solution for women. Um, it's rare, but it's not that, 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 that mm -hmm. rare. So ladies, these tampons and these pads are actually the same exact price as the um, regular ones that we were always buying. 
So there's no excuse as to why you shouldn't get the organic kind. Please take care of yourself. This is and this is real. A, is there a specific organic brand? The or? brand that I use is L. That's why it's called L. It's just L. The letter L with a period. Um, but Target has them. Walmart has them. Target has their own brand of organic tampons as well. You can find them anywhere. They're the same price. They fit and feel just the same. So ladies, please, please take care of yourselves and go get some of these organic products so that you can live a long, fulfilling life. We don't want you to get sick. So we want to thank Mark for joining us today. Again, Mark Coley can be reached on Instagram and Twitter at Mark Unleashed. Uh, he is the author of two books. So if you don't have them, please check them out. The first book he wrote was Go-Getter's Guide to Success, Money, and Power. And the newest book that he has is How to Unleash your money how to unleash your money both great books to purchase if you don't have them check them out you will be pleasantly surprised check out his twitter check out his instagram you are in for a treat and with that being said we want to thank you for joining us thank you thank everyone you, thank you. for checking in with us we'll talk to you again next week check you next tuesday see you bye